Hello and welcome to the Brokenomics of Christmas. Now, in this episode, I'm going to basically try and explain why everything that you think you know about Christmas is wrong. So first of all, I want to obviously prove that Santa is real. Uh, we know this uh, using COVID logic, so that will make a lot of sense to everybody. Um, I want to explain why uh, giving Christmas gifts is a very bad idea and you shouldn't do it. Very economically inefficient, that. Uh, I want to do a bit on uh, Christmas trees and also let's talk about why you should have a KFC for Christmas and actually Ebenezer Scrooge was the good guy. So hopefully you're up for this. Let's get into the, uh, the, the first part, which I promised, which is obviously uh, why Santa is real. And you are, in fact, a conspiracy theorist if you don't believe me. Now, I'm going to prove this with COVID logic. Uh, so anybody who took COVID, COVID seriously and spent those two years wandering around wearing, you know, a double mask or whatever, um, this will resonate with you with you strongly. But I simply ask you this. What is uh, more realistic? Is it that, the, that, that Santa flies around and delivers presents to millions of children all over the world, or that there's some massive conspiracy, some massive global conspiracy that every adult in the Western world is a part of, uh, where they basically trick you into believing that, um, that, that Santa is real? I mean, obviously, a, a global conspiracy on that level couldn't possibly hold up to scrutiny. Now, I'll also note, you don't hear any adults on TV saying that Santa isn't real, do you? Exactly. Now, some sceptical kids might say, well, that's because you ban all of the other adults who say that Santa isn't real. You don't give them the platform, and therefore you create the illusion that Santa is real by, by not allowing anybody else to, to, to speak against it. Um, I, I want to refute that logic because obviously that isn't real because journalism is, is honest and good. So uh, there you go. Right, second point. Um, Another kid might say, well, actually, look, what you can't do, you can't, you can't just look at the fact that these gifts turn up because, yes, OK, we acknowledge that, you know, presents do arrive at the bottom of the bed or, you know, the Christmas, you know, the, 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 the chimney or whatever um, on, on Christmas Day. You can't just look at that as proof. What you've actually got to do is look at total parental gift spending throughout the season and then see if it's netted off against that Santa gifts. So basically, the only measure that you can use to actually track this is total mortality. You can't just reclassify flu and then... Oh, hang on, sorry, no, I've gone... Sorry. You, 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 can't, you can't just... Yes, you can't just point to the fact that there are presents. You have to look at whether presence is simply a subset of parental gifting. Ignore what I said before. Um, and as long as that is consistent... So actually, what you need to track is total parental gifting over 2019, 2020, 2021 and 2022, when there was a big panic that everybody was, was bad that year and they needed to be locked in their houses. Um, anyway, on to the next bit. And for God's sakes, let's get this bit bloody. God, it's hot, that. Oh, that's very itchy. Hang on. One minute. Okay, now, the main thrust of this Brokenomics is I want to convince you um, that you shouldn't give uh, Christmas presents anymore. That might sound a bit scroogey, but, um, but no, it, it's very true. There has been a devolution, hasn't there, of over the years to these sort of filler gifts that you get now. You can go on Amazon and you can, you can type in, you know, gifts for, I don't know, mid-twenties male or, you know, early-forties female or something like that, and you get, you get a whole selection of these rubbish filler gifts that are probably going to be thrown away. Um, and genuinely, that, that does happen. So um, that I saw a, a study come out in 2017 that showed that the Americans throw away, throw away $16 billion worth of unwanted Christmas gifts. 
So, I mean, if that is not an economic inefficiency, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what is. Um, I'm going to tell you about a study from from a nice chap called um, Joel uh, Wolfog. Oh, I might be pronouncing that wrong. Who basically looked at the average spending that people did on Christmas presents. It turned out to be about three hundred and thirteen dollars. Um, and then he calculated what was that actually worth to the people who received it. Um, and basically, it, it turns out that it was $125 less than was, was actually spent. So that is, the, that is what we call the deadweight loss in economics of, of, of that spending. Now, normally, the way things works in, in, in um, purchasing decisions is that you get much more value than the price that you pay. Now, I'll give you an extreme example. Let's say that uh, your, your kid has, has an earache, an ear infection or something, and, and they're, they're crying with pain. What, what would you actually pay? To alleviate that suffering, I mean, you 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 pay like I don't know, two hundred pounds or dollars or whatever to, to to get a medicine to 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 calm your child, wouldn't you? But what you actually pay is something like I don't know nine pounds or something like that because the, the, it's relatively cheap. Um, if you don't have kids or you just don't like them, um, the other option would be broadband, for example. So I mean, if if you ask, I mean, just just think about it for yourself. What would you if if you what what was the maximum that you would pay? if it meant that you did or didn't get broadband. I mean, most people would pay, you know, again, into the hundreds of dollars, but again, it costs something like, well, you know, 20, 30, 40, something like that. So, so the normal thing in purchasing decisions is that you get more value um, than, you, than you actually uh, pay out for things, and, and, and thus, thus the decision is made. Um, and and I'll, I'll prove to you quite comprehensively why, why that simply doesn't happen most of the time, and we should, we should, we should abolish this, uh, this, this uh, shameful practice. Um, really, what I think it's all about is it's all about sort of getting a dopamine hit for the person giving the gifts. Because, you know, you, you must have all had that experience where you've got a, a child or a young nephew or, or something like that. And you, you give them a, a Christmas present and, and the little faces light up and they're so excited. I mean, I remember I got an, a, a Nintendo NES when I was like, um, I don't know, nine or ten or something like that. And I was, I was absolutely ecstatic, bouncing around the room because now I could play Duck Hunt. And um, elite and, and Sim City and stuff like that. So I, I was very pleased. In oh, in fact, Xanadu, I like that. Um, and I think I think a lot of the time people are trying to recreate the dopamine hit when they gave a kid a great gift and they and they freaked out about it. Um, but uh, but but that's not actually what's happening. In fact, we know that Christmas gifts are, um, are are not a luxury good. So I mean, a quick a quick tangent. But another thing in economics is there are different types of of, of goods that are observed. Inferior goods. Um, normal goods and luxury goods. And basically the way that works is as your, um, as your wealth grows, you spend less on the inferior goods. Um, you spend more, but proportionally less on the normal goods, and you spend more on the luxury goods. So a good example of this might be, you know, thin gruel. As, as, you, as you get wealthier, you're, you're spending on thin gruel or low quality food um, diminishes quite rapidly. Um, you know, bread is perhaps a normal good that you spend more on it, but the proportion of your spending drops. And steak is a is a luxury good where you you spend more on it as as you become wealthier or or, or whatever your thing is. Um, Christmas gifts we know basically that the spending on Christmas gifts goes up by about half the growth in the economy. So if the economy grows four x, you expect to see the spending on Christmas presents going up about two x. So I mean, it implies that it's a it's normal good, but certainly not a certainly not a luxury good. Just giving a bit of background to this before I get into the uh, the paper I really want to talk about. Now, also, 
as a, as a way of background to all of this, let's talk about a bloody good economist, uh, Milton Friedman. He talked about an idea, um, which, well, it's, it's, it's not just an idea, it's, it's, it's very observable, but the different types of spending that can take place. Um, famously, he said that um, the best form of spending is when you spend your own money on yourself. Right? And that's because you are likely to consider both the cost and the benefit of the purchase and therefore, you're going to get, uh, you're going to create value whenever you make a purchase. For the reasons I established before, you we will only spend money if it gives you greater value um, than it than it costs you in the purchase. So, so therefore, value is created through that through that transaction. He then went to talk about the less good forms of spending. So, the next is spending um, someone else's money on yourself. Um, now, in this case, you don't care so much about the cost, but you do very much care about the benefit. And a good example of this would be if any of you have a business expense account. Um, you know, you you will, uh, if you can, you'll buy the the first class ticket um, when you're sent abroad rather than the economy ticket uh, because you get the benefit and you're not particularly bothered about the cost of it. But at least there is still um, some value created in in that transactions. Um, the next form, which he talked about, was spending so, uh, spending someone else's money on someone else. Now that that is that is the worst um, example here. So this is this is basically all of government spending. When you're taking um, you know uh, money that you didn't earn, you don't care about the benefit because you're not getting the benefit from it. You don't care about the cost. So basically, all all of all of government spending. Um, so those are the uh, th those are the, the the different forms. Well, I suppose there's also um, spending someone else's uh, you know, no no spend, spending your own money on somebody else, which is which is the example that we want to talk about here. So in this case, um, you're you're less concerned about the benefit because you won't be the one using it, but you are concerned about the cost. This 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 relates to what we're going to talk about here with uh, with with gift giving. Now anyway, we also need to talk about. You know, um, whenever we look at gift spending, um, what are we what are we comparing it to? Um, I'm, the reason I'm heading this up is we're about to talk about a bloody bad economist, uh, John Maynard Keynes. But um, basically, the Keynesians, which I will come to, um, they basically see all spending as good. So for them, Christmas is is absolutely excellent because you get that sort of December bump in sales. The correct way to look at this is not. Is there a bump in December? But what would the spending have been um, absent a Christmas? Which we don't know because, um, well, actually, you, 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 you can know it because you can look at countries like, um, like Israel, for example, or, you know, basically any similar, any country which is broadly similar in spending patterns to um, Christian Western nations um, that have broadly comparable lifestyles who don't, who don't celebrate Christmas. Um, and in those countries, basically spending in uh, November and um, November and January is is much higher, even though December is lowing, lower. So the total amount of spending throughout the year doesn't actually change, you know, per capita by by any great amount. Um, but what does happen is you don't get that lumpiness, that that seasonality um, in in the demand over a very sort of narrow and constrained time period, uh, which as a result means that you need to invest less in logistical capacity. Um, and therefore, the um, the the money that is spent on logistics goes down, and there is a there is a smoothing and a more efficient use of it. So, that, so for multiple reasons, Austrian economists um, generally don't like Christmas. 
because it is, it's just rather inefficient. So let's talk about bad economists. Um, for, for Keynesians, you see, they, they only care about spending. You know, it's line go up for them. So, so Christmas is fantastic. They don't worry about wasteful spending because for them, the idea of wasteful spending is, I mean, they, they just don't really even consider it. In fact, Keynes once semi-joked, and he was only semi-joking, that the government should pay people to dig holes and then fill them up again. So basically, he, he, his thinking there is that it injects money into the economy. Um, those people will then receive those wages. They go off and spend them. Um, they, they call this the multiplier effect, which will in turn generate more economic um, activity because you know, it, it's all about spending. Austrians think that this line of thought is is complete madness because you know um, is the spending um, being put towards a productive use that will contribute to further growth in the economy later on, um, whereas the where there's Keynesians they just they just simply think that the uh, that the spending itself is ultimately good. Right. Having set up that premise, let's jump into this. So this is a paper by uh, Joel. Uh, Waldfogel, if I've, if, if I've got that pronunciation right, um, a very influential paper created a lot of um, discussion when it came out in, in 1993, um, which is called um, The Deadweight Loss of Christmas. Um, interesting title. Now, basically, his thesis revolves around the concept of um, dead loss in, in, in Christmas giving. A uh, quick example of dead loss, right? Um, let's say, let's say that a small town has fifty million to spend, and with that they can either invest in a school or a bridge. Um, the the both both of those cost fifty million. The school, if you build it, will um, basically create twenty five uh, million in in benefit. Um, to the town um, spread out over its lifetime, whereas the bridge uh, will contribute 75 million in benefit uh, over its lifetime. Um, so, you know, the deadweight loss in this case, and actually economists will go further than simply looking at the fact that, you know, you spent 25, you spent 50 and you, you got 25 in, in benefit. So they would consider it beyond a, a 25 million deadweight loss. They would actually look at the opportunity cost as that you could have had the bridge that would have returned 75 million in value and therefore the deadweight loss is, is, is 50 million. Uh, so having explained the, the, the deadweight loss concept, um, the deadweight loss is, is basically all over Christmas gift spending. <clears throat> um, and, so, and so the central argument is basically uh, Christmas gift giving is, is, is inefficient. Um, it's largely inefficient because in economics, information has value. And one of the things that he observes quite strongly from this is that basically the lower amount of information that you have on the recipient, the larger the deadweight spending problem. <laughs> so, for example, when, when partners who live together and talk every day, when they buy each other gifts, the, the deadweight loss is relatively low. In fact, it's, it's even possible that the gift would, would create um, value, like normal spending when you're, when you're spending money on yourself. That can often be the case, that the value is created for the purchase. Uh, but by the time you get out to, you know, grandparents and um, second cousins and, um, you know, um, your, your in-laws and stuff like that, um, the, the loss is, um, 
you know, ramps up quite significantly and that leads to, to, to purchases being made where uh, significant value is lost and then, you know, it, it results in, as we saw earlier, Americans throwing away 16, 16 billions in, in, in gifts. So what the study showed is, is, is basically um, consistently recipients valued the gifts that they, they received uh, much lower than the actual cost um, indicating that there had been a, a, a loss in, in, in economic uh, value occurring. So the paper, I'll come, I'll come to this more later, but the paper has been criticised for um, not including uh, intangibles such as the, the emotional and, and, and social aspect of, of give giving. Um, however, uh, that doesn't really do anything to, to displace the you know, economic efficiency uh, aspect of this. So, so how did he do it? Uh, basically, so he was a uh, university professor, and he used a survey-based methodology to gather the efficiency of gifts, um, primarily based on his students. And what he did is he said, okay, you know, um, take the sample of gifts that you received this, this Christmas, and for each gift, um, note um, how much it costs to buy, um, but also tell me how much you would have to be paid to uh, be willing to part with that gift. Um, and then comparing the the price of what they could be separated from that gift for, and the the actual um, the value of the two, um, gave him the gave him the dead weight loss between the two. Now this study was mostly college students, so it did provide you know a very convenient sample for this, um, but it it wasn't necessarily broadly representative of the population of a whole, because of course not everybody is a, is a young university student. Uh, there, there tends to be. Um, uh, they tend to be a fairly um, homogeneous group in sort of um, lifestyle um, aspects that, that wouldn't be represented across the, across the uh, you know the, the, the whole population. Anyway, so um, consistently they valued the gifts less than than was actually spent, um, and it came out of something like a third. Yes, well I told you uh, the, the average was three hundred thirteen, um, and there was a, there was an economic loss of one hundred twenty five on this. So about about thirty three percent was the was the economic overall destruction occurred by by the gift giving, and it varied significantly. Like I said, depending on the degrees of separation between uh, yourself and the the person who was giving the gifts as to how much information that they had on you. Um, he also noted, interestingly, that I think people are aware of that destruction value, because the further removed an individual is from you. Um, the more likely you are to receive cash or gift cards or something like that. This is something you probably ex you know experienced for yourself. Um, it is very unlikely that your romantic partner is going to give you money as as a Christmas present, um, but your in-laws or um, aunts, uncles, um, cousins are far more likely to to give you gift cards or or, or straight up cash because they have that lower um, information. They 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 don't know necessarily um, what you want. So um, the reason this paper caused such a stir is because it upset the traditional view that gift giving was an economic good. It provided a December boost to the economy. Um, it led to you know a, a big a big seasonal bump, and a lot of retailers rely on it. And therefore, generally, uh, by especially by by Keynesians economists, it was seen as um, it was seen as um, you know uh, somewhat heretical when it came out in 1993. Um, sparked a lot of debate. He was Joel was invited onto TV quite a lot alongside 
um, very annoyed other uh, economics professors who came out to argue that um, no, actually, it was a good thing after all. <clears throat> now, the, the idea for this, the implications coming out of this paper was essentially that um, GIFs needed to become more economically efficient. And, and the way that he was sort of suggesting doing it at the time was, was gift cards, um, because of course that was a bit more of a thing in, in, in 1993. Um, and at least it raised awareness amongst consumers about the potential inefficiencies of their spending. Um, and, and hopefully that would lead to people to either put a little bit more thought into the value of their gifts or to, uh, to switch over to, to, to cash or cards for people that you're less, um, you're less close to. Or I would make the argument that um, if, if, you, if it's not immediate family, just, just, don't, just don't buy gifts. I mean, just, just, just keep it to a, a, a close group um, and focus on them where you have, the most, you have the most information. To watch the full video, please become a premium member at lotuseaters.com.